The following podcast is a Dear Media production. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I have Jacqueline Johnson. So she is the founder of Create and Cultivate. I have spoke there for many, many years. I actually announced that we were launching Summer Fridays at one of the Create and Cultivates. I've loved speaking there over the years. And because Jacqueline has interviewed and had so many of the best female founders over the years, she knows all about having a dream career. So I wanted to talk to her about steps to have your dream career and also what she's looking for because she has a new fund. It's called New Money Ventures. She invests in companies and how you can stand out as a business, what to look for when you're looking for an investor and the kinds of things that she's looking for. She also recently launched May Wines. So we talked to her about her new brand. If you guys want to hear from Jacqueline, keep listening. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. I am a longtime Create and Cultivate girl. I actually announced that we were launching Summer Fridays at a Create and Cultivate. I don't know if you know that. Oh my gosh. I mean, I remember we had like a Summer Fridays poster. Yes. And then you being like, wait, this is so weird. But that's so funny. So I've spoke there for so many years where people don't, I don't know how you wouldn't know, but if they don't know what it is, what is Create and Cultivate? So it's an online platform and offline event series for women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. We really kind of service the modern working woman, helping her with tools, tips, and tricks for her to go out and build a business and a career she loves. I feel like there's so much that you've probably learned yourself. So I want to ask you so many things because it's like a wealth of knowledge of people that you've got to interview. Who are some of your favorite interviews that you've personally done? Oh over gosh, the years? that's such a hard question because I feel like it's been so many amazing people. But I would say like highlights for me, Martha Stewart was amazing. Issa Rae, amazing. God, Chelsea Handler, amazing. And there's just so many that have been awesome and just like really powerful as well. And then like so many that have become friends and I've seen their businesses grow. And like, I remember you being at Dallas in I think 2016 and then like watching you skyrocket. It's just been, it's been a really fun, fun career. It's so great because I think a lot of times I either go to panels, I speak at places and then I feel like the topics or panels don't relate to me and like where I am in my life and my career. But I feel like whenever I go to create and cultivate, it actually is relevant to me. And I feel like there was really missing in the space, even though other places try to have it. It's just not the same as a talent that you bring in. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I think also what makes us really special or like why I think we were so relevant was I also was the audience member, right? Like I was building my business. So the same questions and concerns I had was probably what the audience had. And in looking at our even our staff, like we had young coordinator Gen Z women and then like older C-suite moms. And we were basically like, what are topics you care about? Like, what do you want to learn about? How can we be relevant to the conversations that you're having with your friends versus trying to figure out what people wanted to hear about? So we really try to cover topics that are timely, but also super informative. Like, I think we were all sick of going to panels and people just saying, be yourself, you know, da, da, da. And we really wanted to dive into like, 
okay, but how? How did you do it? Why did you do it? Tell us the steps it took to get there. So I think we were the first people who really like dove deep into the topics as well. And I think something that my listeners really want to know about is like finding their dream job and their dream career. And I know that that seems really overwhelming. So how do we even figure out what our dream might be? Yeah, I mean, I think... Figuring out, this is so funny, Not we had Kourtney Kardashian speak at our San Francisco conference and she said, my mom always told me, find something you love and then figure out how to make money doing it. And I thought that was so accurate because that is part of it, right? Like doing things you're passionate about and then figuring out if you want to turn it into a business and how you can turn that into a business. You know, with Create and Cultivate, it's so funny because that was a side hustle hobby. You know, it was something that I did to get women together because I was running a completely different business and wanted to like talk about it with other interesting women. And it did not make money for five or six years. It was just this thing I did on the side. And then eventually it became this opportunity to turn it into something much bigger than what it was. But I think it was, you know, because I was so passionate about doing it, I loved doing it. It was fun to do it. You know, it became my quote unquote dream job. But I think also dream jobs change over time, right? Like I think a dream career these days is not necessarily one thing, right? It's not one path. It's multiple things that make you happy or bring you happiness. And that could be from financial stability. That could be from meeting cool people at your job, creative freedom. Like it could be all those different things at different times in different jobs. One of my best friends right now, she's trying to figure out what her dream career is. And she's realized now like her dream career is the job that makes her money, that gives her enough free time to enjoy the things she wants to do that aren't monetized Absolutely. on nights and weekends. So now she's realized my dream job isn't that I have to spend my time working doing this thing. It's that in my free time, I get to do the stuff I actually like to do. Exactly. Like I think I think that's so true. I think you could be doing something you absolutely love, but then your life is miserable for different reasons, you know? So I think it's about figuring out the secret sauce of like what makes success for you personally. And whether it's a dream job or a career path in general, what if you have a really hard time figuring out what that even might be? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it is hard to figure out. Like I think it's sometimes it's, it's, it's sort of the plans that you don't make it, that end up being the job that you get, right? Like I never was like, I'm going to start a women's conference business. Like it just kind of happened out of nowhere. But I, I think it's fr from experience, honestly, like doing a lot of different things, having, you know, different jobs, paying attention to those other positions at those jobs, thinking about what you're interested in, and then like going and learning and doing and, and being involved in those communities and then figuring out from there. So if you're listening to this, it means you love podcasts, which I love listening to them. I love finding new ones to download and save and save when I'm going on a walk or I'm traveling or I'm driving. And there's somebody that I'm so excited to hear from, and that is Emily Ratajkowski. So you guys may know her from her work as an actress or model, or maybe you've read her best-selling book, My Body. Either way, Emrata, aka Emily Ratajkowski, finally has a podcast. So I will link it in my show notes so that you guys can find it. But it is from Sony Music and something else. Listen and follow High Low with Emrata wherever you get podcasts. Here's a little bit about her show. High Low with Emrata is a brand new weekly chat series where she'll be talking about everything from politics, philosophy, and feminism to sex, gossip, and TikTok, all of it and more. And I love following her on TikTok. I love hearing her takes on things. So I'm so excited for these episodes to go even deeper into the way that she thinks. Each week, there will be two episodes. Okay, so first, she'll be chatting with everyone from big name celebrities to incredible authors and her friends. And on the second episode, it'll be just Emrata. She's going to be talking about everything from personal antidotes to things that are going on in the world 
join her in marrying everything from high and lowbrow with chats surrounding pop culture and happenings that may seem frivolous in a way that raises big questions. I'm really hoping she covers some of my favorite topics that I would like to hear from her from, from motherhood and working, her being an author and some of her favorite books because I think she'd probably have really great recommendations. I know I am so personally excited to add this to my downloads and listen to this every week. So if you guys want to listen, it's from Sony Music and something else. Listen and follow High Low with Emrata wherever you get your podcasts. How do you figure out what your skill set is and then how do you hone in on them to make them something that's valuable when you are applying for something? Yeah, I mean, I always joke, but I always say I went to YouTube University when it comes to being a, a business owner. But truly, I had no business experience. Like I was the creative always. Like that was my career path prior to being an entrepreneur with strategy, creative, social media, et cetera. And getting thrown into the business seat, I was like, okay, great. What's a PL stand for? You know, all those different things. So I really taught myself and I think we're in this new time period where access to this information is so easy, whereas it used to not be, that you can really teach yourself a lot of different things. There's so many online courses you can take to make you, you know, more proficient in certain applications, make you, you know, a better businesswoman overarchingly. So I say take advantage of all that access. I think, you know, formal education is important, but I don't think it's as important as the skills that you can teach yourself these days. I think you learn so much more on the job now because there's only so much in school. And I think because how fast technology, social, mm -hmm. everything, marketing is moving, that's almost like by the time you finish school and you get into the job. So it's like you really need to learn just by doing. Yes. And so it's like maybe taking a step back in your career to have your dream job and being okay with maybe an entry level job or trying something new because you're not going to start at your dream level. Yes, you are not. You are not. But yeah, I think that's so important. Dip your toe. Figure out what you like. And then how can you use goal setting to help your career along? Like I was just saying, maybe you have to start at like a lower level job when you start, but maybe say I'm going to do this for X amount of years because I know it's going to get me to this next point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think goal setting is a huge part of it. But I also think I'm a big fan of realistic goal setting. I think people, when they make goals, it's like, way big and you know which is amazing like there needs to be those like pie in the sky you know dreams and I think like for me that was always you know like selling a com two companies before I'm 35 or whatever it was where it was like these big moments but then I had like a lot of little goals that I got to along the way that I think got me to that point right it's like I want to bring on someone in the c-suite that's going to like help me build this company I want to get to this level of profitability I want to make this much in revenue you know whatever it was those little goals that I was like getting to every single month every single day that led to the year-long dreams of what I was able to kind of go for so I think level setting realistic goals, hitting those goals, and then making those larger milestones, something that are exciting, but maybe not attainable, but having that mix is important. How are you okay dealing with like, okay, I have to shift my goals? Because sometimes we might have one goal in mind, and then the path kind of changes a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, 2020 is a great example of that. I mean, we were coming off of our like, biggest and best year in 2019, our strongest Q1 in 2020. We were riding high on like we had so many events planned you know seven eight figure partnerships like just so excited and we were basically having to like unpack an entire business strategy you know deal with you know unpacking a hundred different sponsors events venues contracts nightmare I think it was such um, a really hard time for me but also like a time where I was reignited and re-energized as an entrepreneur to be like, we got to figure this out. Like we have to figure out what we need to do in this situation to not only survive, but keep 
this business alive, you know, which is really intense. But yeah, I mean, I think you have to be adaptable. I think the people who came out of situations that like that are extremely flexible and creative with solutions, you know, but I think that's just part of of the path, right? Your goals are not going to be the same in five years, 10 years, two weeks, three weeks, you know, like everything changes so quickly, as you said. What did you learn about the business in that time? Like post pandemic, you were like, okay, this is what we need to do moving forward. Oh, I mean, I, I think we're still figuring it out. I mean, I think the world has fundamentally shifted, you know, the way advertisers advertise, the way consumers consume, like everything changed. TikTok grew (laughs) the entire time. I was literally just talking to my friend about this. I was like, I wish I doubled down on TikTok in 2020. But, you know, we all can look back on those moments. But, you know, I think for us, what we realized was a few different things. One is the content we were putting out had to fundamentally change. One was Pre-pandemic, all, a lot of the content at Crane Cultivate was really inspiring. And that's what people wanted. They wanted to go and be inspired. The content post-2020 is more realistic. Like, how do I actually sustain this business? How do I manage cash flow? Like, people were really in dire situations and they wanted hard-hitting information specifically around financials. So we pivoted into, you know, the type of content our audience really wanted. And now getting back into it, you know, it's a entirely different landscape. I think creator culture is at the forefront of everything, whether you're a business or a content creator. Like now, if you are a business, you have to be a content creator. So we're really sort of diving into those conversations and providing, you know, a different array of content moving forward. And also online has taken such a huge part of our business. We launched our first streaming conference in May 2020, we were like one of the first people to do like a quote unquote online conference. And we had tens of thousands of women tune in from 50 different countries, which was shocking. You know, we were like, wow, you know, we knew people flew for the events, but we didn't know we had that many people in that many countries. So moving forward, we were like, okay, there has to be this digital component, you know, where we can reach that larger So many more people. So many more people. Yeah. More people that could come. (laughs) 100%. Something I really love is jewelry. And I love accessories and wearing things. And I like to wear things that remind me of certain moments, whether it's a special moment in my career or in my life or my personal life. And it's also something I really like to give as gifts for other people, especially if it's something I can custom make. There's a few words that have a lot of meaning to me, whether it's something like manifest or dream or love or family. And those words really matter to me. Not only do I like to write them down, but I like to like physically have them on me because it's like a constant reminder of the things that I hold that are really important. And if you guys love these two, I think you guys might like this gift for someone else or for yourself. Little Words Project is the original word bracelet found on the belief of being kind to yourself and others. Little words are made to be worn, loved, and one day passed on to someone who really needs these words of encouragement more than you do. The best part, each bracelet has a unique code on the tag so you can register on their website so you can track where your bracelet goes as it inspires from wrist to wrist. They have regular and custom bracelets and these make really great gifts for everyone on your list this holiday season at an amazing price. Want to empower yourself and spread kindness to others with the original word bracelet? Well, we have a special offer for my listeners. Go to littlewordsproject.com slash Mariana or enter Mariana at checkout for 30% off your first order. It's the best offer you can get limited time only. That's littlewordsproject.com slash Mariana for 30% off your first order. You can also find Little Words Project at Target, Nordstrom, or one of their flagship stores. A few of my favorites on the site are Good Energy, Mama for a Mama's Gift, and Breathe. Thanks, Little Words Project. 
okay, so let's say you figured out what your dream job is. You know you want to start this company. You have an idea. You know what your skill set is. What do we do next? Because a lot of times now that you've started multiple companies, it sounds really great. You want to start this idea, but the reality of it is the P&L, the finances, the actual like running of the business. Yeah. What are some things you should know before starting something? I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, when it comes to actually starting a company is I always say like, take it seriously. So you want to get trademarks in order. You want to get your URL secured. You want to get any sort of of the legalese handled before you even kind of get into it. Because I think a lot of business owners just try to launch and skip that part. And then they find themselves six months down the line with either a really successful business or running into issues. And and you got to be buttoned up from the get go. So I would say that's number one. Number two is you know, know your financial runways of what you're doing. Like what does one year in this business look like? What does two years look like? Where do you need to be in six months from a revenue perspective to keep this business going? What's your hiring plan? Like put it all on paper. Will it stay that way? Absolutely not. Like business plans are a great, you know, sort of check-in point, but they don't always go to plan. Um, Usually 99% of the time they never go to plan, but it's good to have that path and those goals in the back of your head as you're building and growing the business versus trying to just figure it out. And then I would say, like, you know, be ready to be flexible. You know, I think a lot of people launch businesses that turn into something completely different, you know, and I think that's okay. I think don't be so married to the concept or the idea or the plan. Be flexible. And then you were doing Create and Cultivate as like a side hustle dream project on the side. It became its own life. But how do you manage having a full-time job and somebody trying to do something as a side hustle? There's just not enough hours in the day. Not enough hours in the day for sure. But I think it's all about understanding the goal of your side hustle. If the goal of your side hustle is to eventually go full-time, I always like to say, think of your company as your investor in your business. You know, Take a portion of that paycheck and put it towards the business You know, in a savings account that builds that financial runway for you to be able to take that leap confidently and with a plan to go full-time. If it's not your goal to go full-time, but you just want to do it as a side hustle, I think it's just about balance and figuring out, you know, what is the end game of this? Is it because I get to meet cool people? Is it is it a product that gets me, you know, to open new doors? Figuring out what the, what the sort of, you know, point of that side hustle is and being measured in the way that you put your efforts forward, I think is important. And what about the days when it's just so hard, when you're like, I don't even know how I'm going to do both. I'm not making money from this thing, but you know it's something you enjoy. Like, how do you push through the parts of, because I know it's like having a business, you don't make money for a very long, long time, time personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I think I always am like a big fan of saying like, go where the momentum is. If you're still feeling momentum, if you're still passionate about it, if you're still excited about it and you still see the end game for this, you know, project you're working on, stick with it. That's important. But then there's also points in time when you're like, wait, this doesn't give me energy. It's exhausting. It hasn't been making money. It's not getting the momentum I want. And it's okay to take a step back and say, I'm going to pause on that and like move on to something else. I think that's okay too. And how do you know when it's time to move on? I think it's hard. I mean, I think it really depends on your situation. I think, you know, for instance, like for me, so I obviously was the CEO of Creighton Cultivate for like 10 years, which is so long. And most recently stepped down, have a new CEO in place. And I knew that was the right decision for the company for a number of different reasons. But one being that I, as much as I was the vision in the face and like, you know, the heartbeat of that business, I also was the bottleneck in many ways because I did things my way. You know, I hadn't, I had scaled businesses before, you know, to 20 people, but not 50 people. And there's things that come along with that, you know, especially we were acquired by private equity, private equity, those relationships, those banker relationships like that, you know, sort of forecasting and reporting is stuff that was like a little above my head, honestly. 
And I knew in that moment, like we need to bring in someone that would be an expert in these things that I am not. And I knew that that would get that company to the next stage of its growth. And obviously I'm still involved, but in the ways that I'm the most beneficial and most useful. Which is like the fun part for you. The fun part. stuff you want to be doing. (laughs) I know it's best. It's nice. I get to show up to events and not be like, you know, stuffing the gift bags and like running around like a crazy person. But yeah, it's, it's a weird feeling, but I think you kind of know it when you know it. When you're like, am I the best possible person to be in this situation? Is is this company giving me, you know, one of the five things I need to do? One, money. Two, being fulfilled. Three, opening doors for me. If it's not doing anything for you, then why are you, you know, putting your energy towards it? Well, one thing you put your energy towards is your new fund. I want to talk about that. So let's talk about New Money Ventures because you launched this earlier this year, right? Yeah. Okay. So what investments did you launch with? Yeah. So we, so essentially New Money Ventures is a $20 million consumer fund focused on funding the next generation of female-led, female-run businesses. And I'd been angel investing for years in female founders just by nature of creating Cultivate and all those things. And so I really wanted to formalize out like that process, obviously create a more official fund. So basically we launched with a bunch of different investments. Now we have a, a, a ton, but we are invested in Gia, which is a non-alcoholic aperitif. We're invested in dough, which is good for you cookie dough. Frame Reformer, which is a digitally connected Pilates reformer. So think like a Peloton for Pilates. Super cool, like small, storable, awesome. We're invested in Museum of Earth, which is going to be the first museum dedicated 100% to climate change, which will be launched here in LA. We're invested in Joyo Tea, which is Jay Shetty and Roddy's tea line. We're invested in Case Skin, which is Winnie Harler's skincare line. I feel like sometimes I forget brands we're invested in and then I feel awful after them. I'm like, oh my God. But I think those are pretty much like the nutshell like of the brands we're in. But we're kind of all over the place. We've made a name for ourselves a little bit in Food and Bev, which has been really fun and just launched our first Atelier brand, which is the brand that we create, launch and incubate at the fund. And that's May Wines. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Okay, so May Wines, tell me about May. Basically, you know, myself and my partner in the fund are super passionate about wine. We love wine. And actually during the pandemic, I started taking sommelier courses. So I'm on level three of being a sommelier, which is really exciting. Yeah, it's been really fun. And we were like, we want to invest in wine. We knew that like from the beginning, like we, we love the category. We're super into it. And we started looking at what was out there and basically found like one, either things were way too far along for the size of our fund or two, like nothing was really like innovating or catching us in that way. I always say like we like to invest in things that are solving problems or, you know, that are holes in the market. And when it came to wine, we were like, okay, what is the opportunity in wine? And what we had always run into was one, you know, we joined, I mean, I drank a lot during the pandemic and I joined a ton of wine clubs and would get these wine shipments and open a bottle on a Monday night, want to have one glass and then end up putting the bottle in the back of the fridge, forgetting about it. Four days later, never tastes as good. Don't finish it. End up pouring it down the sink or cooking with it. And it's like an expensive bottle of wine. I'm like, oh, that's the worst. And then alternatively, like my partner and I, she drinks red, I drink white. And we would hang out and then we'd have two empty bottles and be like, just take the bottle home. And I was like, this has to be something like here. Like this must just not be happening to us. And so started talking to a lot of women. It was like, yeah, no, I mean, look, I wish there was better single serve options. Like, you know, I don't feel like there's a good elevated experience in the single serve category. So we started looking into it and I was like, looking for glass single serve bottles, you know, that were out there. And really there was not that many that existed. I mean, champagnes have always had split, but like real, you know, varietals outside of champagne have never really had this glass bottle experience. That's, you know, a luxury experience. That's not like, you know, Sutter home or something like that. So we started looking into it and we just saw this like massive hole in the market and we're like, let's start, you know, let's look into it. And then like six months later, here we are and we have May Wines, which is essentially disrupting the single serve category. So it's a 
glass of wine by the bottle. And we have Sauvignon Blanc, Rosé, Pinot Noir, all direct to consumer at a really accessible price point, which was also important to us. And we're really trying to marry the idea of really good wine without feeling, you know, like it's an exclusive type of experience. Because wine, like art and like other categories, can feel very, you know, aspirational. Like we don't know about wine. You know, you can't like be in the club. Like I know some people who like get the wine at the table, like swirl it, smell it. And they're like, it's great. And like, you don't even know what you're smelling for. Like, is it good? I just know if it tastes good. Yeah. (laughs) Like, is it bad or is it good? Like, that's what you're tasting for. But like, there's so much more like nuances to wine. So, you know, our motto is no wine stops allowed. Like, let's make wine fun. Let's make it educational and accessible. So, yeah, we launched New Wines a month ago. I'm so excited because it is November, which means it is holiday season. This is the best time of year. Even though I love summer, spring, fall, I like love all of the seasons, but there's just something about the holidays that is so special. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and I'm looking forward to the holidays and New Year's and getting all of my things together for the holiday season because I just love how festive it feels. And that also means I'm getting ready for sales, which is so exciting. But the best thing about holidays might just be the get togethers. The best thing about holiday shopping is that Macy's has all the that you need for every event on your calendar. So make an entrance at your next party with vibrant jewel tones, a mauve velvet blazer, or a royal blue halter dress that speaks for themselves. If you're more into fireside cocoa, a cozy novelty sweater can't be beat. Plus it pairs so well with a fun color blog puffer to slip on for a snowball fight. So no matter how you mix and match your holiday staples, you make it. For all the inspo you need, visit macy's.com slash own your style. And here are some of my favorites for this holiday season. I'm getting ready to go to some cooler and colder weather places this fall and winter. And I've started to think about what coats and things I need to add into my wardrobe because living in Los Angeles, I don't have everything totally prepared for the cold weather. Ralph Lauren is just a classic and you can't go wrong with any of their coats. They have the women's walker coat that comes in a few colors. And I just love this classic shape. And I know it's something I could wear year after year. I also love the Calvin Klein women's single breasted coat. So if you're looking for other coats or dresses or anything this holiday season, head to Macy's.com slash own your style. If a brand is looking for an investment, what are you looking for? What's interesting to you and what catches your eye? Because I know like even for me, there's so many things that get brought my way and I just sometimes there's just got something I just know. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Okay. Part of the investment is like the gut feeling, right? I mean, I think a lot of it for us is around the founder. Because essentially when you're investing in a business, you are investing in the founder. Like it's their vision. They're excited about it. They're going to be in the weeds for, you know, the next five, eight, ten years. So really trusting in that person, I think, is like first and foremost. So definitely the founder. Two is, you know, is this disrupting something in some way, shape or form? Like I think getting in a category just to be in a category isn't enough these days. Like there has to be something disruptive about your brand, whether it's the price point, whether it's, you know, something that's solving a problem, like whatever it is in that category. And then I would say three is like, is where are they at in the business? You know, for us, we typically invest in a series A, meaning, you know, we don't want something that's too early. We want something that has, you know, market traction, has revenue, has, you know, you know, a little bit under their belt. They're about to like, you know, bring on a board. You know, it's a little bit more stabilized within the market. Like that's our sweet spot. We invest up and down sometimes. Like we've looked at some series Bs, we've done seed and pre-seed. But I think for us, that's like really the sweet spot where also we can be the most helpful. You know, so, you know, my partner and I, I'm more marketing, influencer, you know, profitability, you know, day-to-day operational. She's finance ops, things like that. So we really know how to take a company from that beginning series A 
to, you know, maybe a sale, maybe an exit, maybe another round. So that's kind of where we've been focusing our energy. And then if somebody wants to pitch, like, is there an email that people can send information to? Yeah, we just have a form on our site and, and we check everything. We look at everything all the time. I think it's important. And again, we also look at companies that are early because when they get to their Series A, we want to be the first phone call, right? So we meet with a lot of pre-seed, seed stage companies as well, get on their radar, you know, as they're building and growing their businesses as well. For any companies who are just starting, they don't have a marketing budget yet. What do you think is their best way of getting their product out to people? Oh, it's so hard right now. I think, you know, having recently like dipped my toe into paid marketing, I hate paid marketing so much. Like I've never, with Crane Cold Fate, we never did paid marketing. Every single thing was word of mouth. It was like we never did paid marketing for tickets. Like I think one time we spent like $100 on Facebook and I was like, (laughs) I hate this. Like it's so weird. We were truly so lucky. And I think that's because we were able to build a community first. And I think that is truly one of the the two marketing tactics, tactics I would recommend that are zero cost is like finding a community of people that represent your product in some way, shape or form or have some affinity for it and really build that community from the ground up, not with like massive influencers or celebrities, but like people who genuinely are enthusiastic about your product and will go out and talk about it with their friends and build community around that. And then two, I would say is partnerships. You know, I think finding brands that are at a similar stage as you with a similar audience as you and doing those collaborative partnerships are sort of the best way to grow authentically versus having to spend millions of dollars on paid marketing. A dough, one of your brands, it's like we did that way and we did a collaboration and yes. it's like sold out and people like love the cookie dough. It's so good. And I like personally was just already a customer and I eat it all the time. So it made sense for both of us. Totally. And it was like different types of products, you know, skincare and food, but then people, it was like the same type of customer for both brands. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Sabina, who's the founder of Doe, is like the ultimate marketer. I love watching what she does so much. Like she's so good at it. She you know, creates demand. Her brand voice is so funny and cool. I just, I just love what she's doing, but I think that those partnerships are where it's at. So where can people find May? Where can we buy oh it? Oh my God, May. Yes. So we are at drinkmay.com and we have promo code if you sign up for our newsletter, 10% off. But yeah, you can buy, we have our discovery pack, which basically gives you one of each varietal so you can figure out which one you like. And then we have nine packs, 12 packs. Our 12 packs are in partnership with Half the Story, which is a 501c3. So we do a give back component with those. And yeah, it's really fun. I would love for you guys to check it out. And where can we find you and follow you? At Jacqueline R. Johnson, J-A-C-L-Y-N-R Johnson and at New Money Ventures and at Creighton Cultivate. I also have a podcast called Work Party. I'm just like on the internet. So yeah, you can find me everywhere. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me. And follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.